0: And the week is coming to an end, just today and tomorrow, and I'm glad you've taken time to join us to be part of this live stream devotional, and hopefully it's been a help to you. We're going to continue in the book of Ephesians today, so I hope you, uh, if you're following along, um, join us in Ephesians chapter 1. We've been, uh, we've titled this study in Ephesians with the term identity. We find our identity in Christ. Can I encourage you that I believe that today, understanding our identity in Christ and how Christ and, may, and how God made us is one of the most pivotal things we absolutely need to understand. I think identity is under attack and I think understanding the core of our identity of how we were created, why we created, and what God thinks of us and believes of us and desires of us is one of the foundational things that will help us and answering so many other questions and giving us direction in our journey. So we talked yesterday, I really should have titled it, and I Am Saved, that was really where it came from. So I'm going to try and put a level titled to identity in each one of our studies. So today, uh, we're going to look at the idea of I Am Forgiven. I am forgiven. We read this. It's in one of the verses we dealt with yesterday. But what I want to do is I want to break down and think a little more about this verse. And so um, in verse number seven, we read yesterday again, it says, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So we talk about the idea we have the forgiveness of sins. Now, we know that the forgiveness of sins is necessary for salvation, which is what he's referencing. But I want to look at the aspect of salvation, not only in why is it needed, but what does that mean for me? So I'm really looking at three aspects. I am forgiven. Number one, why? Or for what purpose? What is the reason I need forgiveness? Well, it simply comes down, the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, generally, in most, most situations, and I believe if we're honest ourselves, this question's a simple answer. Most of us, if I were to ask you, do you believe you're a sinner? I think we'd all acknowledge we're not perfect. I think we'd all acknowledge we've done wrong things. I think most of us would say, yeah, I'm a sinner. We probably wouldn't admit a lot of that in public because we don't fully understand what that means. You know, we don't want to to think how horrible we are, but we're not perfect. And so that's what it comes down to. Are we really a sinner? Some would sit back and debate, well, I'm not as bad as this person, or I haven't done this. And unfortunately, and, and our culture tells us, that as long as we haven't done something really, really bad, then we're okay. They might even tell us as long as our good outweighs our bad, then we're okay. Uh, One, I would say most of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, is say we probably don't do enough good for others to outweigh the bad. Um, Now, we also look at bad as, well, I haven't hurt anybody, I haven't robbed anything, I'm not in jail... And I think what we do is we sensationalize sin. Sin is very simplistic. um, You could actually go, one one preacher does this, you go through the Ten Commandments. Have you ever lied? Even a white lie, have you ever stolen uh, even a simple thing, you know, a cookie before you're supposed to or something from a small thing from a store. Um, have you ever, and the Bible says, Thou also take, not take the lean of the Lord I God in vain. Have you ever taken God or Jesus' name in vain? Uh, now, we could go in, and here's the key. If you start comparing yourselves to what God demanded in perfection, well, then we recognize we are a sinner. Now, you see, you're trying to make me feel really bad. No, it's an explanation as to why God created a place called hell because that's where sinners are to go. It's also an explanation as to why Jesus was required to go to the cross, why he chose to, but what was so needed. Someone had to pay the punishment for sin. Someone had to pay our punishment. See, our ultimate, the Bible says, the wagers of the punishment of sin is death. We deserve to go to hell. That's, now, God didn't create hell for us. God created hell for the devil and his angels. But when sin came in, well, that became the punishment. If we understand the excessive horribleness of hell, then we understand this true severity of sin. If we can understand how bad sin is, then we can understand why we need forgiveness. Yeah, we talked yesterday that it reconciles us back to God. But that's because that's how bad sin was. It separated us in the Old Testament in the temple and tabernacle. There was a veil between God and everyone else. You could not go on. outside of high priest. You could not go in the presence of God uh, because sin itself was just it is so bad. And when Jesus died on the cross, He dealt with that. So we have to understand the reality and the severity of sin. So then, when we recognize, well, I'm a sinner. Okay, now what's that? What do I do? How do I obtain forgiveness? Well, the Bible tells us in the First John one nine, if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all righteousness. The very first time we should do this is in the aspect of salvation. I come and I confess and repent of my sin. I acknowledge that what I'm doing and where I'm going is wrong. It's displeasing to God and the I, word I repent means to turn. I turn from that lifestyle and I turn to God. Now that doesn't mean that I'll become perfect. That doesn't mean that I... Become good, then go to God. It simply means in the state I am, I say, don't want to live this way anymore. And I turn to God and I beg for forgiveness, which He will offer me. He promises it to me. And then I put my faith in Him. So the next, this process is acknowledging that I'm a sinner and then asking for forgiveness. I'm not asking a priest. I'm not asking the pastor. That's not necessary. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus, because there's one mediator between God and man, That is the man, Christ Jesus. The priest works as a mediator between us and God. We don't have to. We go boldly, the Bible says, go boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't have to go to a preacher, a priest, or to a church to obtain forgiveness. I go straight to God through, we talked about yesterday, through the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus, I am now positionally, I'm not perfect, but positionally, I'm holy, I am perfect, I'm a saint, and I can go into the presence of God because of Jesus. So the reason, the reason is because of my sin. The process is acknowledging I'm a sinner and willing to ask God to forgive me. You know what he says in 1 John 1, 9, when we ask, he's faithful and just to forgive us. He promises that he will always forgive. We mentioned yesterday that is his desire to reconcile us. It is his joy to bring forgiveness because forgiveness then brings us back to our natural state of relationship with God. That's what he wants. He finds joy in it. But then I want us to understand the reality of it. He says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses us from the thing that separates us. And I hope we understand The reality of forgiveness, not the reality of sin. That's what we started with. The process of dealing with, but now the reality of forgiveness. When I have been saved, or when I've been forgiven, excuse me, the moment I have been forgiven, God doesn't look down and say, Well, don't do it again, or You know what, you remember last week. We do that, but God doesn't. He looks down and it's been dealt with. Because here's the thing to remember. When Jesus died on the cross, there's a phrase, one of the last things, I think the last thing he said on the cross is, It is finished. And when he said this, yes, he, he fulfilled all the law, he filled the demands of the law, and he completed, started over, but he also paid the full punishment for our sin, offering us forgiveness. That's what that phrase was part of it. It is complete. Everything that was needed for us to have salvation was there. Now we live in forgiveness. The key is that we move forward. He's not gonna look back and say, how dare you do it? We may do it again. We probably will do it again. But we must learn to move beyond that and realize that once I've been forgiven, I can move beyond the battle of sin. Enjoy forgiveness. Now, through grace, he says in the back of the verse, we have been offered forgiveness through, um, according to the riches of his grace. The word grace, uh, the technical term is unmerited favor. I like to put it this way. It simply means God giving us something we don't deserve. He's offering us forgiveness when we absolutely don't deserve it because we're sinners. He's offering us freedom from hell and a place in heaven. When we don't deserve it, we can't earn it. Why? He loves us. His grace. That's the entire premise of His grace. So as we said yesterday, He can get the glory. So what do I do moving forward when I have received God's forgiveness? Let me tell you a thought. One, forgive yourself. I think one of the greatest battles when we live in the idea of, of identity is we, and the identity of forgiveness is, well, okay, maybe God forgive me, but you know I, I know my thoughts, I know what I did, I know my might even enjoyed what I did. And so in that midst, I keep going back to it, because I, I can't reconcile my heart that wanted to do it. for some reason, I don't see it as horrible, and maybe now I do, or there's so much guilt that I really want myself kind of punish myself. I hope we understand that once we've been forgiven by God, we must learn to accept that forgiveness and move on. We must be able to grow. Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark. He's got a new life in front of me and I must accept his forgiveness. And every day after I get saved, every day I go back and I acknowledge my sin. I ask God to forgive me. I obtain forgiveness and I keep going forward so that I can enjoy life. But if I live in guilt and if I live in unwillingness to forgive myself, I will never move forward. God knows. God knows why you did it. God knows whether you liked it or not. God knows the battle you're going right now. And he still says, I love you and I forgive you. Live in that. Live in the fact that you are forgiven. See, what happens is we live in this massive guilt. You know, I don't believe that God brings guilt. God brings conviction. You say, well, they're the same thing. Actually, they're not. Guilt is me just being beaten down by my failure. Conviction is God saying, let's go beyond the failure and back to reconciliation. Conviction is a pull to get back to reconciliation with God, to accept forgiveness. You can have that. You can live in that. You can live knowing saying, I'm forgiven. I'm not perfect. I'm not great. I'm still a sinner, but I'm forgiven. This is why we say Christians should not see themselves better than the world. As a matter of fact, we should be humble enough to be thankful that as bad as we are, God has still forgiven us. We're not better. We're just forgiven. May you live that way. May you embrace and enjoy whether you've never been saved, come to God. If you've been saved, bring it to Him and embrace the forgiveness, accept the forgiveness, and be able to live with the part of your identity, you are forgiven. Well, thanks for joining us again today. And I priv- appreciate the privilege to be part of your day. I hope it's a help. I know this truth is to me. It really is. It's, it's freeing to know that God forgives me no matter what. And that means a lot. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out through our website, baptist.org Hope we can be a help and answer any more questions you might have. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you join us again tomorrow.